The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. And welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 329. Of course, goes out to Jocelyn Edwards. Uh, thank you for coming to the show. It, it's going to be a messy episode, let me tell you. There was carnage last night. All the humanity. It was uh, it was a rough night um, in, for the UFC and, and for our picks. But um, we, ha- we have to come back. Uh, Superfan John told us we ha- had to do a recap, even though I... Wanted to skip it this week, but no, we're, we're here. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. I did slightly better than my co-host, as per usual, but it still was not uh, nothing to celebrate. So let's bring him in. He's probably going to be salty. It's the one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. <laughs> you, I'm going to be salty because you knew you knew I was coming at you hard on the Jocelyn Edwards front. Yes. Uh, yes. Who? Do I got to start here because we got to we got to start at the the worst bullshit of the night, because like even some some of these judges scorecards, not bad. Right. Like over the course of the night, I actually think they did a pretty good job in the main event, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, I I think all all the right people won all the other fights. Yeah. Um, In my eyes. uh, Yeah, there, there were ones that I could see going the other way, but like not to be like egregiously mad about. But there were yeah. bad cards, though. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the, yeah. despite the right person winning like um there were just bad cards and that but that one right there dude like i can't even wrap my head around how you give jocelyn edwards either round one or two it's I can. wild i can i i don't agree with it but um just just looking at the stats she outstruck her 17 to 9 she her significant strike uh percentage it's for uh 47% to 21% because um, it's not like Pudalova, do- she dominated it with positioning, but it's, she didn't do a heck of a lot on the ground. So that's she why threw I'm not... 13 straight elbows to end the round. Yeah, she, 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 only landed six, <laughs> she only landed six strikes, so that's the thing. Uh, I, so I, I'm going to dispute, you know, obviously I wasn't the numbers, in there. Yeah. A, yeah, I wasn't in there with a uh, pitch counter clicking on those. But, like, dude, she she threw, like, 10 to 15 elbows to end that round, I think. And, and yeah. like, if you want to tell me only two of them got through, all right. But, like, if you're in mountain can throw 15 straight elbows, you are in a dominant and dominating position. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think from the optics standpoint of watching that round, and maybe, you know, the, the stats help skew it a little bit. But, like, from the, the optics portion of that round, I just don't know how you were like, oh, yeah, clearly Jocelyn Edwards looked like she controlled any of that. Like, or or – you know, did more damage. I mean, I guess she landed a couple of better strikes in there, but man, she was on her back for three minutes. Yeah. It's not like the judge, the judges don't have access to the stats anyway. So they should be watching it as we watch it. Um, and it, anyone watching it, um, pretty much feels that, uh, that, that round was Pudalova. Second round, uh, was Pudalova. Third round should have been Edwards, but no, one of the judges gave <laughs> first round to Edwards, third round to Pudalova. So that's that's maybe the worst part of yeah. it too, is that like yeah. e- even the judge who gave it a Pudalova messed up. Like that that's yeah, yeah it's it's a rough night. But that, yeah. and that's how it started, and that was a sign of things to come. Yes, I hit plus one twenty five. So I thought, all right, things are gonna go good. I hit the next <laughs> pick. 
all right, things are going to go good. And then our, our favorite girl was fighting next, one of her favorites. I'm like, okay, I'm going to win that one too. I'm going to start off uh, on a roll, but no. It was all for naught. Um, all right, maybe before we dive into more, I have even called up our lovely reads for this week. Um, Shady Raids is usually who we're uh, sponsored by at this point, right? So I should probably call up uh, the Shady Raids ad read. It's I don't have it all memorized, I'm sorry, um, even though it, it is near and dear to my heart takes a lot of scrolling to get to it too as well but i will dan i will persevere i did not come in prepared as per usual all right here it is uh shady rays everyone should know about shady rays right now if they've been listening to this podcast over the past few episodes because they are our kickoff sponsor now plus you can kick off the new year or kick off the spring maybe we'll say with New gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. We could have used that last night for our bets. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have you your back long after you purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free. Within 30 days, there's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the year. Listen to this. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's SGPN is the code. ShadyRays.com is the site. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by more than 200,000 people. All right. Hopefully you're already in the NBA Survivor Challenge because the playoffs have already started. So I don't have to read that to you this week. All right. Let's try to get through the carnage as quickly and... Uh, painlessly no it's going to be painful never mind main event <laughs> i hit the main event hooray for me uh, actually i hit the main event plus i hit my prop bet so that that's my one positive on the night i hit holloway decision plus 165 we, we got to find little positives yep that is that's the slight ray of sunshine here um i felt uh the fight was going to go exactly the way it did and it did max holloway still is not lost well he, maybe he's lost a little bit of a step perhaps but um it's still better than everyone in the division not named alexander volkanovsky he unanimous decisioned arnold allen 49 46 49 46 48 47 i think i had it 49 46 myself um i think uh holloway uh did what holloway does uh allen looked good fast powerful um but you know max holloway is going to do max holloway things and that's exactly what he did he uh Ate up Allen on the feet, just relentless volume, and uh, got himself a, a well-deserved victory. Yeah, I, I had Allen winning the second and the fifth, which I think is what that other judge had. It, and this yep, is one fine. of the few ones that the judges got the scorecards right on, uh, because clearly Holloway won uh, one, three, four, maybe two. Um, and, and like, man, I, I don't know what to say about this. I, I think my read on Arnold Allen was probably right. He gives... Max Holloway a lot more trouble than probably anybody in this division, not named Alexander Volkanovsky, right? Like he, uh, the, the Southpaw stuff bothered him a little bit. Like I mentioned on the show, uh, it also, you know, when he turned up the pressure, he could get Max Holloway working backwards. He, he also, at least the threat of wrestling seemed to bother Max 
you know, to an extent so that Max didn't just like unleash seven billion punches like he did to Calvin Cater. Uh, Arnold Allen was as close to being that guy as possible. But again, maybe just there isn't uh, there isn't one of those guys. Yeah, that's the thing, which brings us to the question. Now, now what happens? Holloway deserves another shot at the title because there is no other guy. What about uh, Aliyah Tapuria? What about him? I think Aliyah Tapuria. So he's supposed to fight Josh Emmett in my yeah. is my understanding, right? They're already booked. Um, if he's gonna fight Josh Emmett, I, I would give if if Aliyah Tapuria wins, I think the timeline matches up that those two because because we've already got a title fight booked, right? Like it's not like Max can walk into uh, right. a, a shot at, at Alexander Volkanovski right now. We've got to let Yair versus Volkanovski play out. So while we're letting Yair versus Volkanovski play out, why not let uh, Aliyah Tapuria versus Max Holloway work out? Because, uh, first of all, that'll give us a chance to see Aliyah Tapuria get turned away, if so should be the case. Uh, and if it's not the case, then you got a new contender there. And it also might give time for, you know, if uh, Yair Rodriguez does the unthinkable and beats Volkanovski, then Max's title shot is easier to sort of give away. You know what I mean? Yep. Makes sense to me. And uh, Alan didn't really uh, damage the stock too much there. Um, fighters are going to lose, and uh, especially to Max Holloway, and he looked just fine in the losing effort. Yeah, I, I think he looked uh, really good. I, I mean, like, he's young enough. He can make these adjustments, uh, and we don't have to worry too, too much about him. Nope. First loss in the UFC didn't really show any glaring weaknesses or holes. So, um, he's just not as good of a boxer as Max Holloway, which, you know, go like, figure. You know, hey, weird. Yep, strange. Wow. We missed the Kobe event, didn't we? Edson Barboza nailed Billy Quarantilla with a knee as Quarantilla was um, shooting on him. 237 in the first round, knocking him out. Um, Barboza lo- looked good leading up to there. It's not like this was a Hail Mary or anything like that. So uh, I think we wrote off Barboza prematurely, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, it, it, it also, you know, like I, I, I said this a little bit when I was talking on first strike is I, I said, like, we're going to learn about where where that line is of Edson Barboza. Like, is he we know grappling is his deficiency, right? Like we saw it against Kevin Lee. We saw it against Habib. We saw it against uh, Danny Gay to an extent. Like we, we've seen grappling is his deficiency. I think this helped us learn where that line is on grappling. Like, is he, is he really bad against grappling so that anybody with a decent takedown takes him down? Or is there just like, you know, some sort of elite grappler is going to beat him out there. And uh, Billy Quarantillo just kind of proved that he wasn't that. Yep. I guess so. And Barbosa is still quick as whatever quick as molasses. The opposite of that. What's the opposite of molasses? Lightning. Fast Quick as lightning. As lightning. Lightning is the opposite of molasses. There's a good yeah, title. Yeah. Lightning, right. and, lightning and molasses. Yep. Oh, man. Speaking of quick, he, he tired out eventually, but boy, Azmat Mirzakhanov. They were calling him Mirzakov. Mirzakhanov. I can't trust the UFC, though. Their announcers. Is that the correct it's way Brendan of saying Fitz, it? It's Brendan Fitzgerald, so I think yeah, maybe he's trust him. Good. He's, he's yeah. usually on. And the other two are just... Uh, jokers, there's there for the laughs, like me. All right, Azamat Mirzakanov, boy, oh boy, he pieced up the uh, kickboxer who we said um, would have the definite advantage on the feet. Boy, is Justin Jacoby uh, tough though, because he uh, got dropped and popped right back up numerous times. 29, 28, 29, 28, 29, 28, correct scorecards. Mirzakanov, he did slow down, um, plus I automatically 
cheer against anyone who has a bunch of cupping marks all over their body. But uh, other than that, looking pretty good. Yeah, he, he looked good. I, I'm a little bit bothered by uh, the the pressure of um, uh, of Justin Jacoby here. I just don't think he brought enough of the fight to Mirzakhanov. And, and like he, I, I think he could have too. Like it, you know, we talked about how Mirzakhanov kind of comes out with a lot of energy and gets a lot of clinches and stuff like that. But like, I, I feel like Jacoby just didn't use the tools that would have got him away from that well enough, especially early on. Later on in the fight, he actually did, and and it wound up working out pretty well for him. So it's kind of a bummer to see him just kind of like put together a, I don't want to call it a dud effort, but it, it was kind of a, a less good Dustin Jacoby in there. Yeah, I was going to say, have we, have we, ended our the fun run that Dustin Jacoby had uh, up up the elite ranks but he kind he, he did get robbed uh two fights ago um and then this fight I guess is the only fight he really has looked bad in so I guess we won't totally write him off yet but it's not like he's uh he's a brand new fighter and uh he's 35 it's lightweight so maybe maybe there's hope but I, I think there's a lot of wear in his tire too with his kickboxing career yeah and I I just think there needs to be like it, it's a division that largely the guys who you'll notice catapult up the rankings are ones who like get after it and go for finishes, yep. you know, like the Nikita Krylovs of the world and the Volkanos Demirs. And yeah, like we're not talking about those guys in title contention, but we're damn near talking about them in title contention. Uh, so when like you have like a, I don't want to call it point fighting, but when you have like a less aggressive, more technical approach to kickboxing at light heavyweight, it just doesn't play up in the same way as it does it. Like, you know, let's say featherweight or lightweight. And then a fight that he was pretty clearly uh, having to having to finish in in the third round, he decided to grapple the last. Uh, yeah, that so of it. That was that was um that was a Discord favorite low IQ move right there. Because <laughs> yes. let me tell you something, he had a wobbly too. You yeah. know, and that that's what I mean about like getting after it. If he had just gotten after it, and, and not saying he could have just gone out and tagged him at the drop of the hat, like no nobody could do that. But like. If he had gone with more of that pressure, I think he would have had more success even before Merzakhanov was tired. Yeah, he uh, Jacoby himself could have been totally a shot by then, yeah, too, and he he uh, had a clinch and grapple because not only uh, was it a grueling fight, he he got rocked a bunch in that fight. So who knows? Yeah. Um. So Merzakhanov already was ranked heading into this fight. What do you think we do with him now? Undefeated in the UFC, undefeated overall. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, he's got to be on the short list of, of one of those kind of guys who I just talked about. You know, like he yeah. could be, a, you know, a Nikita Krylov, a Johnny Walker, a Paul Craig. Um, seems wrong to put Dominic Reyes in front of him, but that I almost feel like that's what the UFC might do. <laughs> yeah, so he's 34, so he's not the youngest of Fighters, but, it's uh, light heavyweight he's he's yeah, a fine yeah, age <laughs> well, what do you think of him as he as an actual prospect here gas i think there's I, an issue yeah gas tank's an issue i also just think there's like there's a dimension to that left hand that makes it not like the most obvious strike of all time but i think anybody would like Anybody with a little bit sharper of defense and a little bit more forward pressure so that he can't move forward and throw it is going to give him a tough time. Like yeah. if if he fought somebody like, uh, you know, let's give him Jimmy Crew, right? Jimmy Crew freaking comes forward. Uh, does he get tagged sometimes coming forward? Yes, absolutely. But he comes forward with a pretty good clip and he's good in the clinch. And I think when you get put a guy like Merzakhanov against that, like Merzakhanov needs to be moving forward to throw that left, that mean left. Um, and that's when he hit it against Jacoby, right? When Jacoby backed off, 
I don't think he hits that against a Jimmy Crew. I don't think he hits that against a Khalil Roundtree. I don't know that he hits that against even somebody like Volkan Ozdemir when he's feeling aggressive. Like guys like that, I think are gonna give him trouble. It's actually pronounced Mirzakanov, I hear. So just oh, yeah. in case. Okay, sure. Just, sure. just, <laughs> just for future. All right, that, uh, let's stick with light heavyweights. Uh, a fight that one of us actually got a pick right in. Hey! And had Jan Kudalaba. I'm not sure if you had him winning via TKO, but uh, he rocked. Tanner Boas are not a good sign for Tanner Boas. You're getting uh, rocked by Jan Kudalaba. Um, not exactly the, a knockout artist, but he got rocked by him and then finished off with uh, TKO punches on the ground. 205 into the first round. Yeah, not good for Boas. Uh, he looked good physically, uh, cutting down to 205. All that deer meat uh, did the trick, but yeah, he's probably going to get cut, I'm thinking. He's lost a lot of fights. Yeah, and I would just say this, like, I, I kind of feel like, again, you know, I was just saying with Dustin Jacoby, there, there might be a little bit of a ceiling there because of the way that he fights. And it's not that Bozer doesn't have knockout power there, too, but it's the same thing. It's like he's not a – he doesn't press forward for that. Even when he was winning fights at heavyweight, like, his style wasn't such that, like, he gets right in your face and goes right after you. You know, I'm thinking about the – you know, the Ovin St. Prue fight. And St. Prue kind of took that fight to him until he knocked him out. And maybe he did a little bit more with Pessoa. But, like, I just think in general, like, he's just, like, a little bit too complacent, a little bit too happy to be on the outside. And this division's got, you know, now it's got a bunch of guys who can kind of wrestle a little bit and a bunch of guys with, like, maybe too much aggression for their own damn good. Uh, So, like, if you don't have a little bit to match it, you just wind up in a bad spot. And that's kind of... I mean, Ian Kudalaba is the perfect test to see if that's not going to play in your favor. Yeah, I guess Kudalaba ha- what used to knock people out, but that was like three plus years ago. But um, all he does now is lose fights, except last night. So you think Bozer's going to stick around? There's two straight losses, only one win of his in his last five. And it, we're not talking about world beaters. Kudalaba, Nasimento, Latifi, Arlovsky is who he has lost to. Well, Arlovsky's a world beater. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Look, I think they're going to give him two shakes at light heavyweight yeah. no matter what. Basically, when when a guy changes divisions, uh, and especially when he does like a body transformation like that, I think he buys himself enough goodwill with the UFC that they're like, okay, you know, they, they always want to see somebody twice before they fire him anyway, right? Yeah. That, that's with anybody. They're basically seeing light heavyweight Tanner Boser just the first time here, so I bet you they see him again. Yeah, I picked the wrong Canadians on this card. I faded one and uh, picked the other and... Uh, I had it all mixed up, so that that was the night, though, for you. Um, before we move on, Underdog Fantasy. Let's tell you about them. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. It's a great place to get down on fantasy and player props all year long. Underdog Fantasy has your favorite NBA, NHL, and MLB daily games, plus they're already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 NFL season. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. I got to stop rushing through the important parts, the promo codes and the uh, and the site. Um, all right, let's move on. Pedro Munoz is still a young Punisher. Um, put it to Chris Gutierrez. Had him in trouble uh, in this fight and skunked him on the scorecards. We did not see this coming. Yeah, uh, not much to say here other than maybe we should have had more, given Pedro Munoz more credit for the Sean O'Malley performance. Because he yeah. did take round one off of Sean O'Malley before that fight ended with a no contest. No, Sean O'Malley um, won that fight, if you haven't heard, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, Sean O'Malley wins every fight. Um, <laughs> No, but maybe we should have given him more credit. I thought Chris Gutierrez's defense was way better than this. All week I was lauding uh, the defense of Chris Gutierrez, and it, it did look a little... 
I, I mean, not flawless, but it looked uh, it looked good enough. It, he just didn't counter things, and maybe that's maybe that's an oversight on what I saw in Pedro Munoz's game. Like he's he's a tough guy to counter, apparently. Yep, another guy we I wrote off too early, uh, and you did. You joined me on that one. I guess we both wrote off Edson Barbosa. You know what I? You know what I was thinking about him in in how we wrote him off to because he, he he did lose to good people, but the thing about Pedro Munoz's losses. He's not out there getting finished. No, he's never been finished. Yeah, the dude just doesn't get finished. And he's yeah. fought like, you know, John Dodson throws bombs. Like, Aljamain Sterling's amazing on the ground. Like, Jose Aldo, you know, Cruz and Frankie Edgar kind of passed their prime at this point. But, like, even the guys who are beating him, not finishing him. And uh, maybe that maybe that should have been a secret that, like, hey, he's not aging as bad as we think he is. Yeah, or he's quietly aging from all the damage and eventually he's going to. Fall off a cliff. Hopefully we are on the right side when that happens. And then the opener in the main card, we were on the wrong side here. Clay Guida was our big underdog of the week. Uh, he decided to uh, have a buffet of jabs last night. He Apparently he's never seen a jab before and doesn't know what to do, how to react uh, when one is thrown. Rafa Garcia jabbed him to death and won uh, three, nothing on the scorecards, 30-27 on all three cards. He also uh, won, though, because he got the post-fight interview. <laughs> yes, because he pretended that he was going to retire, right? Yeah, R- real funny stuff, although Dana White apparently did not find it nearly as funny as I did. Um, yeah. Where's the takedown? Can I just ask you that? Where the, <laughs> yep. where the fuck was the takedown in this fight? Yeah, I'm just... He, he was having fun getting jabbed repeatedly in the face. Man, I and, and I know, like... It, it's easier said than done, right? Like, cause you can't just shoot a takedown while somebody's jabbing you. Sometimes it's the, the entry is harder to find than that, but like, it didn't seem like there were any setups to the entries either. So, uh, yeah, bum, bummer there that he didn't follow the game plan. Just, uh, another huge bummer in our, uh, long coffer this weekend. Yes. It was a night of bummer. So one in five, we both went on the main card onto the prelims, Bill Algio, another bummer. Submission Marina Kachok over TJ Brown up, Buck 40 into the second round. We were both in on Brown as a pretty sizable dog. I'm okay with Brown on this dog. This one, I, I actually didn't wind up feeling all that bad afterwards because he was doing well on the feet until he got tagged. Um, I, yeah. I actually, I'll, I'll get the intern on the scorecards, but uh, I, I actually think he won the first round on the judges scorecards. I'll get you the, uh, the official answer on that in two seconds. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I didn't think this. Well, first of all, it was fight of the night, so it was a really exciting yeah. one. Um, but second of all, like I, I thought he looked pretty damn good in there. And we said he was going to have the grappling advantage. That wasn't the case though, so we were wrong there. Uh, I still think he had the grappling advantage. He, he gave sh- up. He, didn't a, use it. he gave up a submission after being tagged. That's that yeah. doesn't show. He got his... taken down too. Though. That's the thing. He and he, I, did he have? Did he have any takedowns himself? I don't think he did. I don't think he shot any. He was yeah, that's the thing. Why, Weird. why would you? Shoot? <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, he, he was, he was largely winning on the feet and I just checked the scorecards. He did win 10, nine on every judge's scorecard with just his striking in the first round. Go. We know what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, 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 that's a bummer. Let's bring it down. Since we started feeling good about ourselves. Flyweights, Brandon White ball. You should have gone with your raw dog. Your, your boy. I again. usually, I usually do the raw dog. <laughs> <laughs> Knockout. That's another good title. Need. He basically had him out on the feet with with a knee and then finished him up with some punches and elbows. 209 into the first round. Um, this dude can, yeah, keeps was... catching people from weird angles. Yeah. Because between this and the, the Kaikara France one, dude, like, I can't believe he's still tagging people. And you know what? He's calling for the winner of Moreno in, in uh, what's his face, uh, Pantoja. Yep. I'm not sure he doesn't deserve it. Like I'm not sure either. Who, who would be ahead of him? I'm checking my... I... 
the rankings I do on my uh, Substack, moneymma.substack.com. This puts him up into fourth. He's behind Pantoja, Figueredo, Moreno. So yes, yeah, give and him the next shot. I would say the only only other one who I think could maybe sneak in there is Manel Cape, uh, who, who I heard is supposed to be fighting Figueredo, but I'm not positive. Yeah. If yeah. he went out and like you know really after Figueredo, that that could screw up Roy Valls. But the thing about Roy Valls is he's got that weird fight with Moreno. So if Moreno's still the champ. After that fight with Pantoja, which is a big if, I have to say, yeah. um, if he's still the fight after that or the champ after that fight with Pantoja, I mean, Royval only lost to him by a separated shoulder, which is a weird, funky injury that doesn't usually happen. Who knows what that fight could look like? Yep. Let's move on to a fight that we both had right. Zach Cummings. TKO'd Ed Herman. It took a while. 413 in the third My round. My goodness. <laughs> looked like he, it was gonna, he was going to get it done in the first round, but no, he... Way too fast for Ed Herman. Uh, despite all his cheating efforts, Herman um, couldn't get the job done. And b- then both men retired after the fight. Did you hear uh, after? Th- I can't remember if it was the first or the second up kick to the face when Ed Herman said, I thought he was up. And I was well, like, his his dude, eyes were getting pretty, pretty swollen there. So who knows? <laughs> um, uh, Cummins looked amazing at light heavyweight. Yeah, and, and he like, sure did. I'm going to say this. It, it's one of those moments where you were like, God, he looks so good in here against an older, slower opponent. Granted, yeah. like, do you, you get you get that feeling where you're like, oh no, he's gonna think this is a good idea to keep yeah, going. Probably. Um, and it's not right. Like, he's he's 38. He had two and a half years off while he had a bulging disc in his back, and you know he's now got a you know four year old little girl, which obviously makes his training a little bit more difficult. He owns his own gym, and like. He's never going to be that guy. So, like, it, it's probably time to hang him up and just start coaching. And uh, I'm really glad that's the decision he made because he's yes. a great dude. And to get to go out like that at home, man, what what could possibly beat that feeling for that man? Hopefully he sticks to it. Um, I, I think he will. He, yeah. he's, the, the ones who tend not to stick to it are the ones that, like, have don't have other shit going on. Right. No, and he's yeah. got a he's got a four year old girl. He said in his interview to me this week that he uh, it was awesome because it was like the first time she was old enough to like actually understand that she was watching her dad fight because, you know, he hasn't fought in like, what was it, two, two and a half years. Uh, and she's she's like four years old. So she was like one and a half the last time he fought. So like this is like the first time she's gotten to see this. Uh, and then she surprised him in the cage and all that kind of stuff. It was like a beautiful moment. So. I can't imagine him saying, like, I want to go back and try to mess that up. Yeah, very true. Hopefully he doesn't. Uh, Jillian Robertson looks tiny uh, at strawweight, but, boy, she got the job done. Uh, Striker versus grappler. The grappler came through over Pierre Rodriguez. Uh, Robertson's got nothing on the feet. Rodriguez has got nothing on the ground. And the ground one, submission armbar, 429 into the second round. Rodriguez tried, or had he guessed, yeah, she, no, she's not Brazilian, is she? She is Rodriguez. She she, she did the Brazilian tap though. Um, tried to get away with it. Um, but <laughs> the the ref did not fall for it. Um, he had to go have a smoke, so he wanted the match over. So, um, yeah, I don't think we learned much here. Both uh, Rodriguez bad on the ground. Robertson bad on the feet. Robertson Pierre, really, good, really good on the ground. But Pierre Rodriguez <laughs> isn't bad on the ground. That's the thing. Yeah. Is well, that like last night, right? I, I mean, she she looked, but but maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the thing we learned here because Jillian Robertson just came down to straw weight for the very first time ever, and she took a girl who has had, you know, she has eleven takedowns 
in her three UFC fights. She's averaging almost four takedowns a fight. She took down and dominated Sam Hughes on the ground, which we now know is not an easy thing to do for three rounds. Uh, she did that to Tina Black in Contender Series. She did it to Kay Hansen. And she got manhandled by Jillian Robertson. So, like, I think we did learn something. I think we learned Jillian Robertson at strawweight is one we want to keep our eye on. Who's a Canadian now? Boy, oh, boy, look at you go. Um, so we call them hosers? Who, Do we call them hosers? Hoser. You are. You're, you're an honorary hoser after that breakdown. Daniel Zellhuber. How is he not German? Have we talked about this before? He should be German, not, <laughs> yeah, not Brazilian. Zellhuber. I think we talked totally about it when he was on Contenders here. Yeah. Daniel Zellhuber. I'm going to say it like he's German anyhow. A decision, Lando Venata. Venata, tough as nails, as we know. Um, should have been finished a bunch of times. Um, but yeah, bigger, longer, faster, stronger fighter. Came through at 29, 27, 29, 28, 30, 27. Gumby was on the wrong side of this. Yeah, I'm sticking with my point. Where's the wrestling? Yeah. Between between Clay Guida and, uh, you know, Billy Quarantillo, not so much. But Clay Guida and uh, Lando Venata just, like, needed more wrestling dudes. Yep. 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 And uh, it looks like we keep losing people from the Discord saying they're, they're not going to bet again after last night. I'm still getting messages from people that are dead broke now, but let's, let's plow through, Dan. Women's straw weight. We'll, get you, we'll get you back. We'll get you back next week. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, saying Denise instead of Denise is fun. Denise Gomes. Boy, oh boy. I think this is a freaky Friday. This this fight, they switch bodies, these two women. Because she looked like Brenda Brazil in this fight and knocked her out with punches. 242 in the second round. As I said earlier, this was not about another fight. This was not a Hail Mary or a lucky punch. She dominated this fight. Yeah. And, and the thing about this for me that was really weird is Bruna Brazil has always been really good at establishing distance and getting in and out of range. And it just seemed like every time Denise Gomes threw one of those overhand rights, she just didn't move. Uh, I, I don't know if it was the bright lights of being in a big crowd for the first time or uh, the UFC, you know, first time jitters or whatever it was, but man, did she not look good? And she, she didn't no. look like I, and it wasn't just that, like I had seen her on contender series and liked her there. Like I had seen her multiple times on the regional scene and like, liked what I saw there as well. And just like, she was not that person at all here. She didn't even look concerned about not looking good either. That's the thing. Maybe it's good that she stayed calm, but yeah, didn't yeah, well, really have the, uh, uh, the aggression that we we're looking for, but Gomes sure did. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. She looked yeah, good. She really poured it but, on. I wouldn't say somebody to keep an eye on. Cause I just think yeah. this was a outlier performance, but like, you know, who knows? We haven't given up on you, Bruno Brazil, but we're putting you in the back burner until you or you're you're in timeout until you uh, prove otherwise. Ben Wade's Gaston Bolanos took care of Aaron Phillips, 29, 28, 29, 28, 30, 27. I think Dan said both men look bad, so you probably want to. Yeah. Both, right? Yeah. yeah Phillips is getting cut now. He's 0-4, so he's going away. Yeah, they're both not not particularly good. And I'll also say, uh, although this was 30-27 and I have no problem with the 30-27 cards, the second and third round were both very tight like i i totally yeah. could have seen the put it this way aaron phillips looked better than jocelyn edwards did uh yep. and was more deserving of a scorecard than she was and then we started off with jocelyn edwards missing weight and then uh beating lucy put a level on the scorecard split decision 29 28 28 29 29 28 we don't need to talk about that anymore enough has been said off the top bill algio tj brown got the fight of the night bonuses Barboza, Royval, Robertson were performance of the nights. 
I went five and nine. <laughs> Gumby went three and 11 to make me look better. Thank you. I'm at, I've dropped way down to 62% on the year. Gumby's at 49%, but there's still time, right? There is still time. <laughs> we both missed our locks. He had Brazil, had Gutierrez. We both picked, uh, missed our dog, TJ Brown. You had Bolanos Phillips under two and a half rounds. Did not happen. I had a Holloway decision plus 165. So that's that's the bright side. I hit we, that. We got, got one. And then the uh, Hungry Man Jong Superfan Parlay. Jacoby, knockout. Brazil, knockout. How did that go? Not so bad. Bad, badly. Bad, bad, bad. All right. That, that's a good summary for the, the episode. How bad, did it bad, go? Bad, bad. It's true. Badly. This was a bad week. Yep. All right. Let's move on to next week's April 22nd fight night. Pavlovich versus Blades. We got a heavyweight. Could be a number one contender. Heavyweight's wacky, so you never really know, but it should be a number one contender fight. Sergey Pavlovich versus Curtis Blades in the main event. Song Yudong, Ricky Simone, Brad Tavares, Bruno Silva. The middleweight, Bruno Silva, obviously. Bruno, uh, Bobby Green, Jared Gordon. Is it Azman Lucindo? I can't remember. Yasmin. Yasmin Lucindo versus Brogan Walker Sanchez, someone else we haven't seen for a while. Jeremiah Wells, Matthew Semmelsberger. That's the main card. Prelims, Ricky Glenn, Christos Giagos, Hani Yaya, Montel Jackson, Carol Hosa, Norma DeMont in a rare women's featherweight fight. Uh, Mo Usman, Muhammad Usman, Junior Taffa in the battle of the not-as-good brothers. Francis Marshall, William Gomez. Gomi. Gomi. It's it's French, my my Canadian friend. Right. Priscilla Cachoeira, Karine Silva, Brady Heastand, Dana Batgirl. Anything jump off the screen at you? Love that Coleman event. Sonia Dog versus Ricky Simone is a banger. Yep. There you go. Uh, that's a fun one. And then I'm interested to see if Mohamed Usman uh, looks all right. And of course, it's Junior Tafa, not Justin Tafa. Uh, yep. So I'm interested to see uh, what that dude's got cooking because he's a good kickboxer, but he is a miserable wrestler. <laughs> there you go. And we'll put a bow on this miserable episode. Uh, don't worry. Things are going to brighten up tomorrow, Monday, because we're going to come back with some Bellator picks, right? That's right. Yeah, and we did good on the regional scene this week. <laughs> yep. Well, we'll go through that, too. So thanks for listening. Uh, get in the Discord so you can lose money with us. Uh, Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Or, or at least it'll uh, you'll, you'll get support for, for when you're doing bad. Um, there's lots of good people in there. No one goes nuts when all of our picks go in the toilet. I guess it helps when all of our picks go in the toilet. Everyone's on the same page. Uh, SGP and MMA's Twitter account. I'm at Jeff Fox writer. He's at Gumby Reeland. I told you about my Substack. He also hosts top turtle MMA Gumby's podcast will drop in a few days. So catch that and everything you need to know and you need to read and you need to listen to and discounts and uh, deals and giveaways are at sports We'll be back tomorrow. I will remain the savage chef Fox. The special one, Gumby Vreeland, will join me as well tomorrow. See you later.